As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The Athletic. I'm sorry, you can sit there and look and play with all your silly machines as much as you like. Is Gascoigne going to have a crack? He is, you know. Oh, I think! Brilliant! He's round the goalkeeper, he's done it! Absolutely incredible! He launched himself six feet into the crowd and Kung Fu kicked a supporter who was without a shadow of an out giving him lip. A kiss from Keith Stroud, time-honoured tweeting from Taunton Town, who does keep all the pennants after their exchange before kickoff? Can you announce your arrival in a division you've been relegated to? What mundane animation should be added to FIFA 22? Who are we fearing for in the Premier League this season? And are we about to witness the death of the header? Brought to your ears by The Athletic, this is Football Clichés. Right now, you can subscribe to The Athletic for just £3.49 a month. That's 30% off the full price of a subscription. You'll enjoy great analysis and in-depth features from the very best football writers around, as well as ad-free versions of all of our podcasts. So go to theathletic.com forward slash cliches pod to take advantage of this special discount. That's theathletic.com forward slash cliches pod. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 84 of the Football Clichés podcast. I'm Adam Hurry and with me first of all is David Walker. Um, I was going to—I was thinking about using this as an extended piece of this podcast but I don't want to dwell on it too much given how disgusting it was. But um, you may have seen referee Keith Stroud, Dave, blowing a kiss to the match ball ahead of Fulham versus Middlesbrough. I'm just not sure what the point of it was. Was he, was he sort of welcoming football back? Was that the sentiment he was trying to express? When you first mentioned this, I thought it was Keith Stroud trying to muscle in on the comedy ref scene like we discussed last week yeah. with um, with Kevin Friend. Mm. But watching the clip, there doesn't seem to be a lot of... He's got a really stern look on his face as he does it. It doesn't seem to be an obvious sort of funny, like Mike Dean-esque bit of slapstick. No, I think and he's also, very much and, in character. 
I think. Yeah, yeah. you know, blowing a kiss to something. Which you then, which you then go then, on to uh, to pick up interact with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bit, bit odd, bit yeah, odd actually. Uh, yeah, so. I think I think he's. I, I, maybe I can uh, I can applaud the sentiment, but I don't think he's quite nailed the execution there. Alongside you today, James Moore. Irreversible global warming, eh? <laughs> yeah, it's a funny old game, isn't it? I, I fear this is a genuine "it is what it is" situation. Well, I mean, it is. It is what it is, isn't it? It is what it is. That's exactly what it is. I do start to wonder if football suddenly becomes massively futile now. Yeah, I mean, has this been announced over the weekend? Like, the <laughs> we have global warming. We've just been through a pandemic, mate. We, football can last anything. It's, it's over, is it? It's done. We yeah. can just all run out into the streets naked and throw caution to the wind. Yeah, just okay. start to wonder if... A... Good to know. Yeah, exactly. I just start to wonder <laughs> about the place for a frivolous football podcast in the universe right about now. Maybe we shouldn't dwell on it, but I'll tell you what we should dwell on, James. Big question for you at the start of this podcast. There's no other way to phrase this other than sounding like, we're on Have I Got News For You, but here goes anyway. What links the following clubs over the last week? Taunton Town FC... Braintree Town FC, AFC North Kilworth Sunday, FC Tucson from Arizona, NFL Outfit New Orleans Saints, Kenya's AFC Leopards, and Watford. Watford, that's the punchline. Uh... They're not all owned by Gino Pozzo. <laughs> yeah. A genuinely good guess. Um, have they all had games called off because of bad weather? Are we linking back to global warming and stuff? No. 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 Okay. Yeah, too sensible. Um, for that, no, no. In fact, they have all wryly tweeted um, no, over okay, the last okay. week or so that they are signing Lionel Messi. Yeah, okay. I'm really disappointed to see Watford at the bottom of that list. <laughs> Watford are slightly, slightly too big to do that, aren't they? Yeah. Let's dwell on Watford's one for a second. Let me just open it up and read it out to uh, to make Dave feel incredibly embarrassed. Yeah, simply and for our next signing. Dot dot dot. A picture of Lionel Messi. Uh, I'm not actually sure if he's if he's um, being pictured alongside someone they have actually signed for an extra layer of intrigue. But yeah, James Watford should be above this, right? I mean, quite literally above this. Yeah, it it definitely feels like a sort of uh, you know something that a non-league team would do you know to go viral or whatever and even then I think that joke has kind of been done now so many times and we had it all last summer when he was leaving last summer didn't we surely everyone had their kind of bite at it then uh, Premier League team for the next few months at least I, I really don't think they should be uh, sorry sorry David. you've relegated us before November that's nice <laughs> <laughs> I mean a bit like the Community Shield um, confusion from last week it's genuinely hard to keep track I think we, we can appreciate that unless you actually support one of the teams of course but I mean um, Dave Taunton pretty much opened the floodgates for this as far as I could see from my research and, and they got a really good stab at this it was um Little pen writing emoji first, all done really sort of straightforward. They've done a Photoshop. Yeah, his head's a bit too big, isn't it? Yeah, I was going to say, it's the classic sort of, you know, they've given it a good go. They've put his head on some player from Taunton Town FC. And yeah, it, it, it does look slightly like one of those little football figures. Yeah. But, you know, fair play. They've, they've gone to some effort there, at least. They haven't just found a stock image of Getty, like Watford. I don't know what I don't know what um, the New Orleans Saints were doing getting involved. Just, just go away. This is our little part of, of yeah. uh, Rye sporting discourse. Go away. It wasn't even like fancy coming to play gridiron messy, like, you know, with him in a, you know, could you be the kicker? It was literally just like, oh, we've signed Messi. Yeah, yeah. There was, just, there was a no, there was absolutely no wit to it whatsoever. What, what percentage of their followers are going to get that? Like, I mean, I, I know like, Lionel Messi is obviously incredibly famous, but to like an American audience 
who are potentially not football slash soccer followers. Like, well, maybe this was an who... audience grab. Maybe this was the whole point. It's even worse. If you're going to get anyone, I think they'll probably get it. Mm. Let's give let's give the good people of New Orleans some some credit here. The cherry on this um, increasingly tiresome cake, James. Here's um, Livingston manager David Martindale being interviewed after a game this weekend on Sky. We've got a boy coming in the building tomorrow, hopefully, and then I'm probably going to be looking for one more. We won't tell anyone. Anyone? Any names you can give us? This boy, Messi, he's out of contact. Ah, right. Okay. I'm not, I don't. I don't like talking about it. You know, to be honest, like. <laughs> He didn't even have the conviction to finish a sentence, did he? I, was, I actually quite like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's slightly <laughs> Lampardian in yeah, his approach, was. which is, as we know, a very tricky thing to master. But what my favourite <laughs> thing about was that James it was um, him sort of thumbing in the vague direction of, uh, of Barcelona as he did it. That, <laughs> that was that was the breeziness that the whole thing really needed. But he 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 couldn't commit to the to the straight face. You know, aspect of it. So he, he, he the boy, the boy, Messi, the well. boy, Messi. Yeah, <laughs> had to be done, didn't it? Had to be done because you know you're going to get a titter from a Sky Sports reporter when you when you unleash that sort of banter. Again, much like we've we've discussed on many occasions, how the Scottish voice lends itself well to uh, football co-commentary. Mm. I also think that there's an element. It kind of, if that was a dour Englishman. I wouldn't have enjoyed it as much, but the nice Scottish lilt there, it was fine. That was acceptable. When does a lilt become a burr? Nobody knows. Nobody knows. (laughs) (laughs) James, head in hands already, but save some uh, despair because um, the earth has gone and so indeed has the game. History made, say Juventus, this weekend as Alexandro, ahead of their friendly against Barcelona, exchanged cryptocurrency fan tokens with Busquets. So no penance. Hang on, what? It, it's all terrible, isn't it? They were exchanging fan tokens, which is a form of cryptocurrency, I understand. So is, um, that, that, is that like some kind of exchange that happens like via sort of some smartphone or something? Is there actually a physical thing involved? Presumably, yeah. Big plastic things for your mantelpiece, which, which would appear to represent the currency itself. But in summary... Is this genuinely games gone? Uh, yeah, I, I don't understand these things. I mean, I think uh, there'll be an athletic explainer at some point, but I really just don't, uh, you know, yeah. I don't get it. I mean, surely one of the fundamental points of cryptocurrency is that it is not a physical thing. Yeah. It exists, exists entirely in some sort of, I don't know, a fucking bank or a server somewhere. But yeah, we, yeah, it's rubbish. It is rubbish. And they've got it. Have they got? Haven't like Inter have got? They've got a similar thing like on their shirts this season. It's like dollar sign Inter exchange dollars JUV fan tokens with Barca. What is it? It does seem. It does seem a bit strange that these big European football clubs would be kind of highlighting the slightly weird ways they're exchanging funds. Is it? But is this an NFT thing? Is this crypto? We were hopelessly out of our depth discussing this. Obviously, it surely confirms it's. Confirms its status as a Games Gone moment if none of us can understand what the hell is going mm. on. Not necessarily an indictment on us, I don't think. But yeah, just yeah, lots of lots of hand-wringing about this. Which, I mean, on the front, on the face of it, it looks fairly empty. But uh, no doubt it's uh, nefarious as well. So lots of people wringing their hands about that. Um, let's wring our hands about this, Dave. The, the curtain-raising fixture for the Championship on Friday night. Bournemouth hosting West Brom at the Vitality. Here were the scenes when West Brom equalised. Sent in by Townsend to work it in with his feet this time. Looks in that cross, O'Shea arriving! And arriving to great effect! And West Bromwich Albion announced their arrival this season in the Championship. 
Simple question here, Dave. Uh, on behalf of Sky Sports' Gary Weaver, can you announce yourself in the division you've just been relegated to? No. No? Because you don't, it's not an announcement you want to be making. You can only you can announce if Hull were in the first game or Peterborough United, they could have announced their, their return or their arrival. No, I'm, I'm not having it. Yeah, much as, uh, James, much as West Brom's yo-yo status is often over-exaggerated, an unfair tag, some say, there is an element that the Championship probably kind of quite familiar with West Brom, thank you very much. No need to announce yourselves. Well, yeah, I guess so. But I, I do think it kind of works, but I just think that the tone is wrong. It's not a triumphant announcement, is it? It's a kind of, you're sort of gingerly announcing your return. I get yeah. that. It's kind of like, so you're like, when, you know, when you're a young man and you live with mates and you go out for a drink with a girl, but yeah. where's this going? You, you come back at like half past nine and everyone <laughs> knows that's gone badly and it kind of goes without being said. So, so West Brom are kind of wearingly saying, evening in the same way that that's the kind of that's the announcement they're making West Brom have been friend zoned by the championship basically yeah not by the Premier League surely yeah that's actually a really good analogy yeah I quite like that one I think we can speaking from experience there James (laughs) (laughs) oh yes (laughs) oh lovely stuff confessional James news from the world of computer games this is actually the only aspect of FIFA 22 I'm I'm actually quite interested in which is the the non-gameplay action They've introduced what are known as cinematics and new scenes for the latest game. These include team-specific warm-up sequences, dressing room moments, teams inspecting the pitch, which is, you know, I guess, like wandering around before a FA Cup final, and ground the groundskeeper making last-minute preparation. In some ways, I'm quite impressed about how mundane they've gone here. This isn't spectacular stuff, but the groundkeeper sort of sticking his fork in the pitch, really adding... To the reality of the game. Ultra realism, isn't it? I think that's that's quite nice. Yeah, that's the kind of thing you like. I think you want like um, to be able to simulate the conversations. You know, the small talk that players have at the end of a game with like opponents. And I guess if you're not bashing the triangle button to hold your hand over your mouth, you're going to get in trouble with the (laughs) FA for some like misspeak or whatever. You want to control. You actually want to be in charge of these elements as opposed to just watching them. Yeah, exactly. International track and field vibes. You're just hammering the the triangle button to make sure you don't get, you know, like an FA charge. That would be great. Look, mini games. So you can get to be the groundskeeper. You have to like move them around the pitch and pick the right bit to put the fork in, turn the sprinklers on at the right time. Wood play. Yeah, would play. And then in the end, you get your move to Real Madrid from Bournemouth or something like that and uh, get an athletic long read written about you. I do like the idea of one of the groundskeepers in the Premier League being get, getting the call up from EA Sports to like come in and do the motion <laughs> capture <laughs> with his fork. It's just, yeah, you need to get the forking technique right because if anyone yeah. who knows anything about groundskeeping is playing the game, they're not going to be fooled. Absolutely. Elsewhere, Dave, in the game, they've introduced a nice little touch, which is if your team is underperforming in an important match, you may even see the crowd leaving early. That's kind of cool. That is good. Fairly easy to produce, I imagine. This is a real test of the people who make these games at EA Sports and how prepared they are to really put their money where their mouth is here. Okay, so you say you're going to be, you know, realistic with these cinematic scenes and in-game sequences and stuff. Are you, if, you get, if you're getting the fans walking out, then are the other end of the, the ground going to sing the we can see you sneaking out? Yeah. Like, go, just go the whole hog. And it's all too often they just sort of don't quite get it right, really, in those sort of things. And people, people like us, who actually like football as more than we like computer games, get annoyed by this stuff. But obviously most people that play FIFA just love playing the game and don't give a toss about the pitch markings or the, the stadium uh, scenes. But why can't they go even further? Uh, 
if you select a Saturday lunchtime kickoff, it needs to be a sleepy atmosphere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> also, like, could could you get like a sort of accident on the ring road and people are getting there late? Delayed kickoff. You have you have to wait fifteen minutes and you can't <laughs> you skip. <have> to sit. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not the pitch; it's the areas around the stadium that, that the snow is affecting. Anyway, we asked our listeners for some suggestions of more mundane situations in football that need to be accounted for in these sorts of games. Um, Dave, first one, this was from me, actually. I think they, um, I don't know if they've got this already, but they need... You're allowed to do that? Yes. I listen, I listen, technically. Um, I'd like to see the attacking substitute not really paying attention to the laminated set-piece folder before they come Mm. on in the 67th minute. That would be good. Feels like a fairly easy one to animate. Um, Maybe the shine of the laminated folder is hard to recreate. I don't know. No, I think think the PS5 should be able to handle a bit of lamination. James, A-Patch 27. Quite like this one. Players putting their tracksuit tops in a bin bag held by the hurried kit man before they start. That would be part of the kind of warm-up routine, I'd hope. Has that ever happened? A bin bin bag? bag? Yeah, they're sort of of throwing all their bibs and stuff so the guys have got to hold it on. Maybe the bin bag was inaccurate. So A-Patch 27, do more research into your pre-match kit man routine but James you're not not on board with that one yeah what you, you mean like the kind of stadium jackets the anthem jacket things they'll wear when they come up and line out and yes. then, yeah, yeah yeah I think that works yeah if you actually want to see them take them off though it's hmm. a good yeah. point actually I mean I've, I've never actually I've never watched what they do with those jackets they never show us do they they hmm. want us to know do they the Premier League Actually, and what happens to the what happens to the Bitcoin or whatever, or or the lanyards that they shop at? Well, not lanyards. Always sorry. wondered. What, what where do they go? To, like the pennants. Pennants. Stuff. Thank you. Yeah. Where, yeah. The, what, who takes them? I don't know. Auctioned off. But I mean, physically, Is after they want... after they've exchanged them at the start of the game, hmm. where do they go after that? Are they like down the back of like the captain's shorts or whatever for the whole? I mean, yeah. I don't know where. <laughs> where do they go? Don't know. Just a man. A man will come on and take them. Yeah, a man. A man that comes on and takes them. Anyway, the suggestions do get better from here, I promise. Dave Connor Garrett says FIFA 22 simply requires cinematics of fans heading to the toilets or for refreshments during injury time of the first half. Something mm-hmm. interesting happening on the pitch while they're en route and them having to awkwardly find a temporary perch as to not miss it. Yep, I'm on board with that. Yeah. I think an extension could be any game played at Wembley Stadium. A zoomed out camera angle with the club Wembley seats mm-hmm. filtering back oh, in. Oh, yeah, that's good. 15 that's minutes. good. The second half. As with many things like this, we've talked about this with films before. I feel like there's an opening here for a consultancy role. It's like I can think of a thousand tiny things that you can add to this game. Yeah, really. Add but to but the cru- whole crucially, experience. crucially, it, it's basically an exercise in making the game bigger, more boring, less appealing to the people that actually play it, Good. <laughs> and more appealing to the very small handful of people like us who want to play like this. Next up, James Josh Dola says FIFA 22 cinematics need to include the disgusting things players do, like spit or clear snot from their nose. Yeah, oh, that's, that's a good yeah, one. That is true. That is good. You know, it's, 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 it's an unwelcome reality, but it is indeed a reality. Yeah, Get the, snot. The, the glisten on a, yeah, on a, like a PS5, you can imagine that looking pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. I mean, maybe this is more of a football manager thing than FIFA, because obviously you're in you know, you, you're in control of the players in FIFA all the time. But like, could, could you like in a, insert some... Like one in a uh, one in a half a million event, like where you get like an El Hadjtuve moment, and he spits on the player, and he gets sent off. Like just really random things that only come up once for a handful of people who will ever get them. But that happened. That's football. Sometimes mad stuff happens. A balloon, like a beach yeah, ball, beach ball a yeah. Sunderland beach yeah. ball moment. Yeah, I mean, I, I do worry that there's an overarching things you don't like to see in football <laughs> mentality there. They don't want to lose their licenses and things like that. No. They don't want to sully their relationship with the governing bodies. Um, but yeah, spitting on a pitch 
it's a reality. Let's have it. Maybe not at players, though. It's the worst thing you can do to a fellow professional, digital or otherwise. Um, James, next up, Adi Dasla WSAG says, close-ups of supporters before kickoff who notice too late that they're on the big screen and start waving just as the camera moves off them. If this happens, FIFA will have reached peak real. Again, perfectly easy to engineer, surely. Yeah, the, the, the slightly better version of that is like the dejected fan at the end of a game when their team is like losing 2-0 in injury time, like head in hands. Then suddenly they see they're on the screen and immediately like they're delighted. Doesn't matter that the team has lost Incredible. this cup final. They're on yeah. a big screen in a stadium. So mm. now they're like waving like an absolute idiot. Such a fleeting moment. There's nothing you're ever going to remember for that as well. Yeah, there's no, I don't really see seeing yourself yeah. on a big screen in this day and age. People see themselves on screens all the time now. I'm but it's, it's instinct, on right now. isn't it? Yeah, it's instinct. You don't know how you're going to react until it happens. Because some of these are they're absolutely spot on. Obviously, they're all things that happen in football and would add another layer of depth to, to FIFA. But the, like the previous example there, the crowd, it's like... It would have to be a cutaway. They'd have to. You'd have to take away from the match action, and I don't know if you're like me, but if you play it, I often just skip those things straight away. Anyway, I imagine ninety percent of people do. But one thing that could be good that would be part you'd see it as as the game was going on, like like we said, like the fans leaving. Could we have the stewards like if it's a high profile derby game or, the, or end of season in career mode and you're expecting like a pitch invasion? The stewards yeah. walk marching out on the 80th minute just to surround the pitch Definitely. and get in their, yeah, get in their position. That feels like something they could have incorporated into sort of games in the early 90s. You know, like, you know, the, the top down ones where you can see the, the stewards kind of filling out around the sides. That could have easily done. Sensible soccer would have done that. They would have been clever enough wry enough to include those um i'm going to end on these two even more mundane notes first of all ben st jenks james says fifa 22 needs to include the bored looking members of st john's ambulance sat just off the edge of the dugout plastic cups of tea in hand now again lovely touch nice and mundane needs to be included whenever i see them on the screen during a broadcast all i think about is do they support one of the teams and and because most of the time you see them it's in a replay of, of a goal going in and, and the bench celebrating and you see them right in the corner. And you think, oh, are they, they going to react? Are they allowed to react? Is it unprofessional to celebrate a goal if you're from the St. John's Ambulance crew? Uh, yeah, I mean, I presume it's the same sort of principle as being a steward or whatever, right? I mean, presumably stewards are just as likely to support the team, the local team, given they presumably live locally. And they don't celebrate, do they? I don't think I've ever seen a steward celebrate a goal, but surely a lot of them must celebrate the club where they're working. Well, well te- the stewards are technically not allowed to watch the match, yeah. are they? They're always watching the crowd yeah, come sort of happening behind them. Yeah. You see the odd one, though. But the best, the best way to see that, or the, but a good, a good way to, for it to be highlighted, because I think obviously normal situations, especially in this country, you know, there's not a lot of space between the goals and the stands, so you kind of they kind of get lost in the in the in the limbs as it were. But when you see a game like if it's a Champions League or it's a broad and there's a there's the huge running track behind the goal and there's like there, there's sort of loads of different people just in that area. Stewards, photographers. Undefined personnel. A lot of them often you see them celebrating. Like if you look at like the the Gaza goal from Euro ninety six and I know you know this has been a thing that's been talked about a lot over the last few months and forgive me if you're Scottish. Fine. But if you, if you watch that, there's like 50, 60 people behind yeah, the goal. Who are they? they no idea who mm. they are. Maybe sort of halftime entertainment people. They were going to unfurl something at mm. halftime. In which case, that role presumably doesn't require a great deal of impartiality, so you're probably allowed to celebrate. Um, Military band members, yeah. probably. Yeah. Sort of thing. yeah, exactly. Definitely. I want to end on this last one, possibly the most evocative of all in a, in a, in a low-key kind of way, Dave. Nifty Palms says, footage of two people standing next to each other at half-time, not talking, 
one with a coffee stroke tea, the other with a, the other with a sausage roll doing a semi half ass dance to the music on at halftime, <laughs> preferably Republica ready to go. <laughs> Sensational yeah. detail there. It's very kind of um, <laughs> studio still talking about what Team X needs to do in the second half. Yeah. And it's just panning around. Yes. It's great. It's great. You're know, just keeping the blood flowing in yeah. a cold winter's afternoon. Yeah. Always someone, someone just doing a little bit of a jig, but not quite. Just the knees. Just sort of, you know, when you kind of, you know, you stood up and you, you, you don't want to sit down. But you also don't want to stand up for 15 minutes in the second half if you're not going to go to the concourse. So you just sort of lean against the seat, sort of perch on the folded up seat. So then, so the knees are just moving. I have to say, on the uh, pitifully rare occasions that I go to games, James, at half time, if I do find that myself, because I can never be bothered to go and get a beer and tea. I, I'm very much a st- no, stay, yeah, stay in my seat kind of guy, taking the, uh, taking the, you know, the, the scene. But it, when I do stand up in my, from my seat in that scenario, and I just sort of look around, maybe I do indeed do the semi half ass jig to the music. I can only think that I'm on camera at that moment. Like, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The camera operator's got me. So I thought, oh, what oh, God, what would I do? Don't know. So always behave as if you are being watched at halftime on Sky Sports, I think. In life in general or just at halftime? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Just go through life as if you are being picked up on camera at halftime on Sky Sports. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer, if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Right, next up, and a hugely important question ahead of the new season, which starts this this Friday night in the Premier League, Dave. Who do you think we're going to be fearing for in the early stages of 2021-22? And indeed, conversely, who are we going to breezily claim will simply be okay despite their poor start? Who who immediately jumps to mind for your fearing for label? Well, obviously, I've got some skin in the game here. Um, <laughs> and I, I, I'm, I'm very much in the fearing for Watford camp at right. the moment. As I, as I see that quite a few pundits are, I think, as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, we're, I haven't seen... I haven't seen much of oh they'll be okay right. I think we I think we're definitely on that we're on the fearing for side of the line I'm I'm seeing a lot of in my opinion misplaced they'll be okay's about Brentford right just because I think a lot of people are overrating them because of they're the club that oh they do things in a different way mm. and they've got a, an owner who's a you know professional gambler and all and they've signed players from Denmark <laughs> that you've never heard of before but you know what they actually finished behind Watford in the championship oh, and they, they should have gone is. up and they they fluffed it they only got up over just dragged themselves up over the line I, I don't share your cynicism Brentford are going to be this season's breath of fresh air yeah they are they are no Brentford no, have got no, real no. Sheffield United vibes haven't they they'll have a great yeah. first season and they'll be absolutely crap the following season such, and get relegated. such a fresh breath of air let me clutch at straws okay yeah, can, can I tell you who I worry for who I fear for who do you fear for? That's Norwich. Oh. They've lost the boy Buendia. Mm. 
Uh, I think there are other players being moved away as well, and their first four games player. are hot. There are. Do you mean hot, Todd Cantwell, James? It's good to be Todd Cantwell. I couldn't think of his name. The one who looks like a student. Yeah. Yeah. If he goes too, you do think, you know, uh, yeah. Obviously, they got relegated quite feebly last time around, even though they didn't really ever look that bad in any one game. Yeah. It's kind of think they're they're the ones you're getting, getting big. Getting big, haven't learned from their yeah. mistakes, vibes from Norwich. It's just kind of feels exactly And it's fine for us to say all these things because this isn't our genuine opinion. We're, we're projecting this onto other people who may be saying this. So it's fine. So there's no backlash from anybody. It's sort um, of a bit, bit of both. I mean, they don't really qualify for a they'll be fine either, I don't think. No. 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 You've, got to have, you've got to have sort of latent Premier League pedigree about you to be a they'll be fine. I think. Um, yeah, they've got, they've got real yo-yo club vibes about them now. Like, like, yeah. like, didn't feel like they were that bothered about getting relegated and that's, that can never be good. Yeah, being not bothered at all about being relegated is a huge, huge red flag for this. Quite possibly the most, the lowest key championship title win ever as well. So there's no real fanfare announcing their return to the Premier League. Yeah. Well, let's ask our listeners. First up, is here's Africa Stamps, professional philatelist since 1998. He says... I think there will be an even split of Evertonians in both the Fear Four camp and the probably fine camp. Everton very much an edge case. They they Everton could be the standout candidate here, Dave, because they have they have kind of a, this kind of inbuilt sense of calamity about them, but also undeniably Premier League quality at all times. So they they, they could have a foot in both camps at the very start of the season. Yeah, I, I yeah I do I see that. I think the Rafa factor is important mm. in this in this one here because he is somebody who proper football men will rally behind and say, "Well, look, yeah, they've had a stop, but come on, Rafa, Rafa will get them organised. He'll get them on the training ground, and they will be okay. They will be okay. They are they and they are classic too big to go down fodder if they find themselves in seventeenth after four games played or something." I think they'll be very much, they'll be fine. Yeah. Um, James Brian Horror simply says, fear for Wolves this season. Do you fear for Wolves? I've got a slight fear for Wolves. I have a fear of Wolves. Uh, you know what? I don't know. I don't know <laughs> much about their manager or any of the players they've signed. I assume they're all kind of Portuguese Mendes clients. But I don't know. Um, but again, that can feed into fear for, you know. That is um, true. Ignorance, ignorance does breed exactly, fear exactly. after that all. That is true. That yeah. is true. The only thing I think about Wolves, well, the only thing I'm thinking about that will happen with Wolves is there's going to be an awful lot of different pronunciations of the manager's surname. Mm, I haven't heard his name said out loud yet. What is it? There'll be lagers, there'll be larger, there'll be, you know, somebody will go the full hog and do some sort of ludicrous over-the-top Portuguese pronunciation. Mm, Lush. Lush. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, there'll be a lot of that. Nice. Nuno is simple. Nuno is we yeah. all got, it's so easy to do Nuno, but now we've got this the Portuguese element. I, I don't think it's a good sign if people don't, aren't sure how to pronounce your manager's name. I don't think that's a good no, sign. No, um, I don't. Yeah, and we're back to ignorance again. Yeah, we are a bit. This, yeah, yeah, it's fine. sort of apologies for this, but not really. Anyway, moving on. Sam says, "I fear for Palace, James. I really do. Not sure about that one. I think Palace are moving out of fear for territory, but you don't you don't know how their season's going to pan out. I guess it's all relative, says, isn't it?" If you think, you know, Palace have made a couple of good, like, exciting signings, if your expectation is therefore that they're going to finish sixth, then maybe your fear is that, oh, actually, they'll finish 12th. I don't know. I, I don't think fear for is an underperformance thing. I think fear for is just being genuinely woeful from the very start, on paper and on grass. You're fearful that they're going to get relegated, is that it? Yeah. There's no context. Yeah. I fear for them. I mean, it, it, you know, or, the, or they could be a big club, but in an absolutely horrendous state. And I don't think Palace tick any of those boxes. So they might escape that at least early doors. He also goes on to say, Burnley under Dyche are the most they'll be fine side in Premier League history. Is it based, that, that presumably is based on the fact that Dyche 
knows what he's doing down there and they always seem to scrape a result and all that bollocks. Yeah, it's just classic. Turf Moors will it forever be a tough place to go. Yeah. The only, but but what they will be the most, they will be the absolute most you fear for them club if Dice leaves. Yeah, oh, unbelievably. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, 100%. Unbelievably. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, I'm actually, I'm having, getting my provisional fears in for when he leaves, definitely. I'm planting that flag in the ground straight away. Finally, James, Luke Fruin says, he expects South, I really like this one actually, he expects Southampton to once again receive the treble of they'll be fine, they'll surprise a few, and you do fear for them all in yeah. the same season. I, I like that. they'll surprise a few. We, we, we didn't cover that. That's nice. Isn't it? Sure, is they'll surprise a few? Surely that comes first. Oh, yeah. And it's more of maybe a newly promoted thing, maybe? No, maybe not. No, I don't think necessarily. But yeah, having... And again, you know, we mentioned Norwich losing uh, Buendir in the other one. Uh, obviously, Southampton have lost things. On, you know, a terrible run of form in the second half of last season. Uh, Hassan Hurtel has got, you know, sacked, sacked, in, uh, yeah. sacked in November, written all over him. That's a good point. Yeah. The, old, the old classic calendar year yeah, situation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, oh, they've actually only won two games in the calendar year. Yeah. yeah. Fraudulent metric. <laughs> but, um, maybe we do fear for Southampton. We'll find out. But this isn't a season preview and never will be. So let's move on. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is supported by FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League Two after 15 seasons in the National League. Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the team's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher league. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenge and rise again into League One? FX is welcome to Wrexham. All new Thursdays on FX. Stream on Hulu. Alarming piece in The Athletic on Monday morning, Dave, from Michael Cox, who has decided to confront the potential future of football without heading. Um, Based on the recent recommendation that elite level footballers will have to limit themselves to 10 high force headers during uh, a week of any week of training, which is slightly a discomforting thought anyway. But um, but he's he's, he's tackled this potential future and he's... um, He's backing it up with data. He's found that 74% of headers actually take place outside the penalty areas. So he's suggested a situation where if you were going to try and apply this to a game situation, you could ban heading outside the penalty areas because that's where the most of it takes place. And he argues a large proportion of headers made outside the penalty areas are relatively meaningless. Well, I, for one, would be all for banning heading in football. Okay. Purely from a selfish point of view, it means I would never have to head a ball again playing Sunday League. Guaranteed headache on a Sunday. As exactly as we talked about on the Sunday League episode, I'm I'm just rubbish at it and it gives me real anxiety every time before I play the game and I'm never ever going to be any good at it. But anyway, professionally uh, speaking, obviously it would be fraught with difficulties and I think it would li- it, I mean it would be the absolute nuclear Huge. games gone moment yeah. wouldn't it can you imagine if it was announced one day you know in the summer like IFAP or whoever would discuss sort of decide these FIFA pro mm. decide these things mm. come out and say that's it heading's done yeah 
we cross live now to Charlie Nicholas for his reaction. I, like he just seems... he'd combust, but 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 not perhaps not without without reason. Obviously, it's such a fundamental part of the game. Like the the, the coxy thing about the the percentages of, of headers outside the box. Okay, so let's let's run with that a second. You'd have a ludicrous situation where, like, VAR would have to judge whether a header was inside <laughs> or outside the box. Do we need that hassle? I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's about as it's about as dramatic as any other VAR decision. So the idea, I mean, probably fairly clear cut to decide. Probably wouldn't happen that often. A header on right on the edge of the box probably be okay. Yeah, you, you're going to give a penalty as well if it's. Mm. Oh, no, oh yeah, what's the punishment? Drop ball. It'd be a drop ball, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would be a drop ball. I think that's fair to say. But would it? Would it be a free kick to the team, the other team? Yeah. If it's a defensive header. How heinous are we deciding that headers are going to become? How how forbidden? How taboo? It's not an offence, yeah. is it? It's I'm really right. struggling to picture loads of headers outside the box. I can see like a cushioned header back to the goalkeeper. It's a little nods though. Very handy little nods down to a sort of a fellow central midfielder that I think is going to be ashamed to lose. But uh, And all the goal kicks. I mean, almost every long true, goal yeah, kick will true. end up a, with a header, mm. either a flick on or a well, several headers. header. Where, what's going to happen to the bouts of head tennis, Dave? Exactly. All those great videos we get of, oh, look at the championship. Mm. Yes. Like, with a sequence of, of 15 headers. This is important because, as you say, you've just mentioned VAR. And, and as with VAR over the last few years, the focus has always been on the headline stuff, sort of disallowed goals, banned tackles and things like that. It's important if we are going to have a serious conversation about this sort of stuff that we we think about the edge cases, the 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 one in a million situations that you have to lo- you have to legislate for in the lo- in the laws of the game, even if they're very unlikely to happen. So we asked our listeners about their more mundane heading situations that we're going to lose from football if indeed heading becomes banned in the future. I'll kick you off with this one, Dave. Murray's mind: Will new anti-heading regulations cause a surge in dummy headers, where defenders pretend to head an overhit pass? And then duck under it at the last second. So our football is going to kind of how our football is going to adjust to this. Are they going to is gamesmanship going to come into it? Pretending to head a ball. Can you see it? If, you, if you're a dummy header, so if you look like you're going to head the ball, does that become? Do we get into the realms of sort of being active, like interfering with play? You know, like when you stand in front of a goalkeeper from a free kick and that sort of stuff, even though the ball's nowhere near you. Would the the act of pretending to do a header still be an offence? Maybe. Yeah, I see. I see what you mean. I mean, I mean otherwise, yeah. I just thought pretending to do something that was already banned probably isn't a particularly effective way of approaching it. So, I'm not sure. But maybe uh, just through sheer muscle memory, everyone will be fooled. You know, to take it sort of back to something we can all understand that we've all experienced. Would you? Would you go as far as saying, right, okay, to make it clear, there's no overhead height like in five side. Then we should then eliminate the prospect of having a dummy header. Of netting. They have netting over the stadiums. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're going to need to have the half-side yeah. goals as well. Slippery slope. It'll be futsal before you know it. James, Ben Feynman says, I think we can all agree that the most missed header will be the overconfident cushioned header back to the goalkeeper at the back post met with a ripple of applause. I mean, the, I think pound for pound, the coolest thing a footballer can do in, in, a, in a composure sense is the, the delicate header back or chest back to the goalkeeper. Carl Walker does this a lot to various heart attacks. Yeah, there's something... You, you definitely need that kind of air of confidence to do that without it kind of making everyone absolutely shit themselves, don't you? Yeah, agreed. Some people really are picking holes in this potential future, James. Nick Wilson says, what would happen to headed clearances off the line under these proposed regulations? Will this mean we will see lots of hapless defenders watching the ball sail over their heads because they can't head it away? That, I mean, that's an insurmountable problem, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, you're not going to be able to stop people doing it. It's going to become... That's just going to be instinctive, right? It's going to be like yeah. that Luis Suarez 
uh, what if a ball hits Garner them in the did. face? Is this going to be intense? He's not intent. Yeah, he's not intentionally headed it into the goal. You can't. You, if your head is in an actual position, surely it's fine. Yeah. If you're charging down a free kick and someone smashes it and it goes in off your head, is, would that be disallowed? Drop ball. Yeah. There's no advantage played because I, I don't think it's a. It's not an offence. It's a. Yeah, it's because it's a drop ball-y type of thing. I don't know. It's like the ball going out of play, really. It's not an offence. It's just a. It's a technicality. God, this is exciting. I wonder whether, so often when these sort of things happen, at some point, like a wily coach or a really clever coach will like think of a way around this or think of a, think of how to adapt and evolve the game. Would you see like more people using their shoulders? You know, like some people can actually like occasionally pass the ball with the shoulder, with a flick of the shoulder. Yeah, it could be an increase in chesting as well. Yeah. Be a lot more chesting going on, which is, I think the cardiac lot will get involved then. Cardiac <laughs> yeah, that brigade. can't be great either, can it, really? If people are doing that 20 times a game, that's not going to be brilliant either. Yeah, fast forward 20 years and it turns out, you know, heart inflammation caused by uh, constant chesting and then we'd have to start banning that as well. What will you be allowed to propel the ball with? That's what I'm saying. It's going to be overhead height. Yeah, chest height. If you think, uh, Cox, Cox, he'd mentioned this in his piece, uh, because heading is such a part of football, it's just forever been that way and we've never questioned it until, until now, obviously. It's mad, isn't it? There's no other sport in the world where you actually use your head as like a This was a very good observation. There is the no sport. other sport where you use your head. Yeah. yeah. Can't think of one. Are you allowed to head it and in basketball? Is it what would happen if you headed no, the ball? <laughs> Can I imagine? You, you would definitely get a concussion. I mean that was insane. Have you ever kicked a basketball? It's so heavy, yeah. it hurts your foot yeah, if you kick a basketball. And you get the little imprint heading it. <laughs> like the mit- the mitre mold master. You get the little pimples on your on your head. Like can you head it in rugby? Like if you <laughs> don't if, know. If, it's going to be a knock-on, wouldn't it? A knock-on. You head it backwards. <laughs> yeah. Back, head it back to the number 10 to a ripple of applause. That'd be great. Finally then, um, Sam writes in, Dave, and says, I'll miss phantom headers. Managers with their hands in their pockets, nodding oh, one in yeah. from the touchline. And uh, he says, we'll also miss... I mean, I mean, this is a grey area. Are they still allowed to do it? I don't, well, Presumably not, because it wouldn't happen <laughs> in the game. But he says... Um, Best of all, defenders heading a few imaginary balls away in the couple of minutes between lineups and kickoff, or when they come out of the tunnel. Of yeah, course. we'd miss that. Yeah. These people aren't thinking about these it. ramifications, the ripples. As soon as you start banning headers, how many headers? How many different types of header can you name? Dave, you can go first. Diving. Yes, header. very good. James. A looping header. Near post header. So that's a glance, I'd say. Is that a subset of glance? Glancing. Okay, glance. Yeah, glance. Okay, glancing. thank you for the help. Bullet. Have we had bullet? No, we haven't. Towering. Good uh, one. Towering header. Towering's good. Or pressure's on you, James. Uh, just should say that whoever loses this never gets to come on the podcast again. I don't know if this is a winner, a, a prize or a, or a punishment. Thumping header. Good. Uh, um, stooping yes, header. very good. Can I just have a defensive header? Is that a thing? <laughs> uh, but if, if a defender heads it, you know, 50 yards up the pitch. That's known as a... It's almost onom- onomatopoeic. Thumping header. Is that a thumping header? Is that not onomatopoeic? Uh, to the B. Booming. Booming. Yeah, booming it's header. Booming. You could have also had crashing. No. Deft. Deft I'm not, headers. I'm not sure about some of these. What would the goal line header be called? The, the goal line clearance. Hero- just heroic. Heroic? Yeah, heroic. Yeah. Go up. yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, a hugely worrying future for football without heading, but worth, worth discussing. And um, yeah, I... In summary, the people who are thinking about banning heading have not really got their heads around the more mundane elements of heading. This isn't all about booming headers and crashing headers. This is about little nods and eyebrows and cushions. With that in mind, thanks, Dave. Your head's probably spinning right now. (laughs) Thank you. And uh, James' head's gone. 
Yeah, it really has. Yeah, yeah it really has. Uh, we'll be back with you on Thursday with what I hope is a Meza Harlan Dix, our first of the season. I uh, hope you enjoyed our first Tuesday instalment of Football Clichés. Cheers, everyone. See you next week. No, no. You just, you just literally just said we'll see you on Thursday. Incredible work. <laughs> Incredible stuff. Um, this is like banning heading. It's exactly the same. Cheers, everyone. We'll see you on Thursday. Have a lovely week. Doesn't work no, either because no. it's, it's part of the week, isn't it? Yeah, it's part of the week. Uh, yeah, cheers, everyone. We'll see you on just, Thursday. Have a lovely 48 hours until then. Cheers. Just say goodbye. Cheers, everyone. We'll see you on Thursday. Have a lovely week. <laughs> cheers everyone we'll see you on thursday see you later the athletic